0: Welcome to the fourth episode of The Lemongrass Podcast. Today we're talking about the privacy of some of the greatest artists of our time, the Kurt Cobain biopic montage of Heck, and Bill Withers stepping
1: out of the spotlight. So this is the first podcast where we have a slightly different lineup. Um, we've had omissions in the past with Doug being on... His world tour, but this time we have uh, Nina with us.
2: Hello. <laughs>
1: and I'm Jack. And Josh. Josh, I'm not here, Josh here as well. Here we are again. Um, and this time, uh, with our um, expanded lineup, we've we've asked Nina to bring something in for us, and it's a pretty rich topic. Would you take mm. it away.
2: Okay, so the topic that we are going to be discussing is um, the film, the new Kurt Cobain film, Montage of Heck. And basically, it's a collection of his diaries, his drawings, his personal recordings that he did in his bedroom, um, and home videos of him and Courtney at home, in the bathtub, you know, in the bedroom, um, like very (laughs) 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 nothing, nothing like that, nothing like that. (laughs) Um, But it's 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 very um, very raw and personal. Mm. you know so i think the the main question to be asked here is just because kurt is dead does that give us the right to look into his life and does he have no right to privacy anymore Mm
1: -hmm. well you know that's the first thing that kind of comes across is that he clearly it it wasn't involved in it 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 isn't something he planned out it wasn't a (laughs)
2: Actually, no. He came from back from the dead. And okay, he was, he was like, like oh, right.
1: <laughs> we can make millions <laughs> with this because that's right up his alleyway. The whole commodification yeah. of himself. Um, he <laughs> <Didn't have laughs> no, but so back. so. This isn't a Kurt Cobain project. It is explicitly about Kurt Cobain's mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. in huge detail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's like, um, is it? Does
0: anybody else have the right to air his private doings? You know, mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's a strange one. Who who who, in his absence, who has that permission? Yeah,
2: to... well, that's that's the point where you can get into the discussion because it was, the film is based on the woman's point of view of Kurt, so all the other films have been kind of focused on the male point of view and his stage persona, but this film is really about you know you have his mom in the film and uh, Courtney. And um, his first girlfriend and um, his daughter was heavily involved in the production of the film, and so you think just because they are so close to him, does that maybe give them the right mm, to that's share it, it that's or it. is that still?
0: Well, it's it's that whole thing. Are, is what they're showing you um, something really kind of enlightening, and you see a whole different side to him maybe they felt I mean it doesn't quite answer the question you know are they within their rights to do it but it's uh, you know maybe they they felt they had something that needed to be said about the, the public image of mm-hmm. what his life was like the mental issues and drugs and everything um, so I don't know so, what do you think did it did it present him in a different way or? <laughs>
2: i thought i mean it was it's very it's very raw it's kind of it's some there are some parts where it feels a little bit uncomfortable to watch you're like is this is this right for me to be Mm. watching um Mm. this but at at the same time that's
0: very interesting
2: i like the fact that it's so honest because you know it's always it's always the most honest films and music that people feel uncomfortable with Mm, because it's honest because Mm. it's it's raw there's no let's hide this bit let's hide this bit let's ignore this bit let's just show the good bits you know this is really showing exactly what mm. was going on in his mind what was, mm. what he was doing in his room you know you see home videos of him and Courtney and their daughter at home and you know you can tell obviously that they're on drugs and it feels a little bit like train spotting like the, the scene when you know mm. the baby's there with the, the parents and it's, it's kind of odd to see how he's seen by the public he's on stage but then an hour later he's at home in this very odd different environment you know
1: that's 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 what's crazy is because uh he had a very kind of his life was very off the time I think he was hugely counterculture um and living living a kind of life that was responding as much to Him kind of challenging the norms Mm. in just, you know, just thinking stuff is redundant or, you know, uh, crooked in the world. And then being in his own crooked world where there was kind of a no rules Mm. environment. Having his
0: own little bubble to kind of Mm. escape into and live how he saw fit. And that's... really strange.
1: Is that what gets thrown right in your face with those home clips? That weird... Uh, could only exist in his world
2: Yeah mm. you, you literally feel like you're being sucked into his life Yeah you know, Which is great I mean I think I, th- I think it's a great movie and Definitely worth watching um, Because of that honesty But um, But yeah I, And at the same time Now we, we live in a world of like Facebook And YouTube yeah. Where everything's kind of out in the open And maybe when we all When we all die we, we don't All the stuff that we put on Facebook For example Facebook owns Yeah that's right?
1: it I'm. I personally, um, I don't have. I've been careful not to ha- give myself such a strong connection to Facebook mm. in terms of it being an outlet for um, my my life because I see a lot of people, and it used to it used to get to me when I think <clears throat> I'd see, especially other musicians, I'd see them posting about what their lives were, uh, and I'd see like it would cross link with Instagram and stuff, so I'd be seeing all this stuff coming through um, of people kind of living their musical life and Mm -hmm. a lot of them are very talented so they're very busy so you then think I'm not putting this out Uh, so surely I'm not coming across as a busy musician or or you know in demand or in work or or anything and uh, that the trap that I was falling into there Mm -hmm. was that then I run the risk of being defined or remembered by the artifacts I leave in social media Um, which are intentional and if that's, if I'm concerned about that as I'm, what I'm putting out into the world intentionally, I can't imagine what can't, Kurt Cobain would think with all the stuff that is incredibly private, yeah. now in an hour X kind of package for everyone to consume, like, and it really, it, it, it's it's fair enough You it's a it's a, he's a man that's kind of fascinated the Western world um, and people want to know, and mm. the people close to him want to tell the story, but yeah, again, it all comes back to he's not choosing this yeah yeah it's it's funny all of these
0: articles and stuff it just says you know all of the um footage and audio tapes that were never released and drawings and stuff it was all it was all used with Cobain's family's blessing, mm-hmm. and it's <coughs> That, but that's as far as that goes. as far yeah. as it, never, it can go, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really...
2: Yeah, it's oh, definitely... It's
1: a weird one, isn't it? Definitely. Because the reason this came up, uh, when me and Nina were talking about what to talk about for this podcast, um, the first thing you said, Nina, was uh-huh. uh, let's explore the relationship between death and giant artists. Uh-huh. And this is... How it's a great career question. move. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, exactly. It's been,
2: it's been quoted that death is a great com- career move for an artist. Yeah. And, I you mean, know, if you... And, you know, like, Amy Winehouse and Michael Jackson and, mm-hmm. you know, Kurt Cobain, everybody wants to be part of this grand moment in time, yeah. you know? And sometimes... It's, someti- it's, it's big how giving it, of respect. Yeah, yeah, and it leaves... It le- it, the artists kind of are left with a really strong impact. Like, Amy Winehouse, if she hadn't died and had continued on... Mm-hmm do you think she would still be as strong? Because, you know, her next I album could have been enti- really bad. That's it. It's know? entirely
1: possible that, that the risk of her music becoming um, something that's worth ignoring mm-hmm. to people is gone forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think it was an intentional move for her to pass away. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it was her life. Just genuine, no, well, like, I mean, because that's what Kurt Cobain's what's, he he did make that choice, um, and but and it definitely not for a, not for not to do anything to his music or career, he wanted to take away the agency that everyone had in his music. Um, supposedly, is mm-hmm. one of many mm-hmm. theories. I mean, again, this is why the film is important important to people because they discuss this. His his mindset when he passed away to some people is r- one of the most important things about. Modern, the modern mindset—the kind of uh, post. It's a snapshot, TV, isn't, isn't well. it? like if you could see, yeah. if
0: you could think what he was thinking, then it would kind of blow open what everyone thinks about yeah. it. it would, and it would be explain like,
1: for some people, it would explain the nineties in America, like entirely. Yeah, no, that's exactly an what I, entire I mean. Entire group like of people.
0: Macrocosm.
1: Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. He. He had a. Uh, kind of, he had a big th- thing surrounding his suicide that it was really linked into who he was as a mm-hmm. person um, Amy Winehouse's death seems to be more tied into her lifestyle mm-hmm. um, which is something where I think that there there isn't an intentional effect on her music because of it uh, but it is true that those two albums will probably never be forgotten Yeah, definitely. She's, she is in in some small way and i i mean this with a lot of qualifiers i mean you can you can take what you want from how i say this but she has joined in the pantheon of like soul oh, singers yeah, oh, who yeah, will course. always be referenced in certain ways yeah. there's a there's a girl who comes to all the jam nights and she will only play amy winehouse songs and it's always still an interesting new take on it every time we do it because she's got a great back catalog hmm. and this this girl has reverence for her Mm -hmm. and reverence is a huge emotion to have for an artist um and when people pass on that becomes if the artist hasn't is big enough or well known enough reverence is what they'll get immediately um some of them already have it before they pass away because it was actually bb king's recent passing that um kind of inspired this conversation which is a great shame Mm. but yeah, he huge. his his passing is how I wish all great musicians would pass by being at the top of their game at the end of their having life having the reverence
0: mm-hmm. before they
1: pass like he, he <laughs> having <Yeah>. the reverence <laughs> you know decades
0: that makes before. Yeah, the no, exactly It's like,
2: amazing that's the difference isn't yeah. it? between I think also between popular music like now in the last 20 years and music you know that was before that time of where everything kind of changed where it became more about the visuals and the image and stuff, you know? But coming back to Amy Winehouse, I mean, she wouldn't have been able to write rehab, for example, if she didn't live the lifestyle she lived. Exactly. You know, Kirk Cobain wouldn't have been able to write the songs without his mental, you know, Yeah, that his
1: turmoil that yeah. he was in with the world, this mm-hmm. wrestling, trying to find reason. What does the film do in getting that across, getting his struggle with society across? Because we should point out me and Josh haven't seen the film uh, we haven't had a chance to um, mm. and I don't want to steal it to be honest because I'm mm. I'm trying to move away from that, <laughs> from that bad habit of mine well just it's funny you said it because I just um,
0: found this quote here just um, from the director saying um, well this is the direct quote on the home movies I saw Kurt Cobain is not meek Courtney is not dominating him I think this is really going to challenge people's perceptions and that mm. for me is a funny one, particularly as um Dave Grohl doesn't appear too much in yeah. the film and mm. him and him and Courtney aren't um the best of friends. Yeah. No. Um quite an infamous relationship that they have. But um that's yeah, no, I just think that, that little you... having not seen the film yeah. that's like oh, well, okay. Because, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, kind of hear yeah, that yeah. and you think, okay, well, what, it, I don't know, it, it is challenging. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what to think now. Well, yes. you literally so, what, what is that? see
2: them. I mean, you literally see them. One of the main things that, that Courtney says is that, you know, because Kurt, he never had a family life, really. Yeah. You know, his parents divorced. He was, you know, going from house to house to house. And I think having a family was really, really important to him. And you really, you really see these two people who are blown up as big celebrities just being... Humans in a relationship mm, mm. in their house, doing what they do, doing being silly, being kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, it really does humanize the relationship that they had. That they had. Well, perhaps that's,
0: that's it. part of the thing that I, well, my per- initial mm. perception, without having seen this, is that Dave Grohl seems to have that homely, nice guy feel when he's in a stadium of mm-hmm. f- filled with thousands and thousands of people, and mm. all of his media like. Oh, coverage and stuff. Yeah, nice Sky and Rock. Yeah. Look at this yeah, yeah. really nice thing that Dave Grohl did. Look at him yeah. throwing out a guy who was fighting in his gear yeah. and
1: all this stuff. Look at him and talking about his daughters. Whenever he talks, whenever Dave Grohl talks about his daughters, I am instantly heartwarmed. It's really, it's yeah. just a trigger really? for me. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> what's he, what's I want saying? to be forty and have kids. His his kids don't care. He's a rock star. That's one yeah, of his one of his favorite things. It's, it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go out and play Wembley now. And they're like, okay, great. Uh, can I have some chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, just, just wipe my ass <sighs> for me. <down>. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. What I was gonna say was that perhaps, from my viewpoint, Courtney Love had that media persona yeah, yeah. and needed to be abrasive. And and Dave Grohl's just like, what are you doing, Love? Mm. And then it, all of this, all of that stuff kicks off, which may perhaps not have needed to if people had known that she was yeah. like this. I don't know. But then maybe Dave has other insights into their relationship. No yeah, there's always
2: different points of view. I mean, especially because the movie it is, you know, from the woman's point of view. So Courtney's not going to say bad things about herself, right? I mean, no, she, no. she, you know, she does come clean about some things, but there's a scene, for example, where they're they're in the bedroom and she's reading all these letters. She's reading out a letter that a fan wrote to Kurt and basically, in this letter, she's like, "I hate Courtney," blah 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 blah. She's horrible. <laughs> and Courtney's like, "This is great, great. People love me, you know, kind of thing." And it, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, I m- do. it must be very, yeah, just really odd to see to see that.
1: I can never, in my wildest dreams, imagine what living life as Courtney Love is like. Yeah. Because no, it's <laughs> that's <laughs> no, no, no. that's another level of stuff just happening to you that's like seen across the world, and then. You just having a kind of insane outlook, anyway. You well, know. Here you go, another quote: Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain saying, "To Courtney Love, you're tied
0: for the most hated woman in America." No. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and the, this is them. This is a perfectly amicable conversation they're having as well. They're just teasing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's like. Yeah. That's,
2: yeah.
0: But then. Would he want all this out there? I don't know. know. Yeah. Probably not, because no. he
2: hated fame. He hated to be in yeah, the spotlight. No, and it. in the movie, he says it like there, there, there's, there's, there's um evidence that he that he hates the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're kind of going against what he stood for in a and, way.
0: Yeah, and I suppose for him, you can kind of understand the conflict in his him having sort of profound things to say which resonate with a lot of people mm. and unfortunately for him that means record labels and touring and being famous and and he's like well yeah. I, I guess kind of just wishing that there there was a way of getting
1: this out there without people knowing know who it yeah. is and well that makes me that makes me think of <clears throat> uh, we recently posted on our Facebook a link to the Good Heart Good Hertz um first podcast, uh, which was talking about um Jack Stran from Wolfpack and the Wolf Compressor that they put out, which is amazing. Totally badass. Incredible. Us. It's uh it's that's for another story. Forget go and check about out, it. Go <laughs> forget <laughs> about forget it. Forget about <laughs> it. About <laughs> go and check out that go and check out the Wolf Compressor and that podcast because that links onto a Mad Lib lecture. Or, or an interview rather, at the Red Bull Music Academy, where he, um, he ends it beautifully by saying, um, they're like, how many names have you got out at the minute? you've got so many names, we can't follow where your music's coming from and who you're collaborating with. And he was like, is, is that it? Are you going to call it at that? And then Madlib responds, but well, no, I've got probably about 20 more names at least that I'm going to put stuff out on under. And the guy's like, why would you do that? Because we need to, people want to find out where your music is, and if they can't find it, and he's like, "Nah, man, I don't want them to know it's me. I want them to think it's someone else every time they hear like, it. Like, hear it fresh. It's a... If Kurt Cobain could have done his music that, that way, I feel like his entire life would have felt a lot more in line with his values. But he got picked up as the pulse of the moment and... A front man as well, mm-hmm. you know? And, he's... yeah, a, a po- like a poster boy for the generation just after Poster Boys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, the, the the world jumped on it in the way they jump on any, anyone. Yeah. And some people absolutely swim in that environment. environment. Like, um, I don't know, Justin Bieber, you go for the easy option. Like, yeah. he was like, yes, yeah, I'll do this forever. I'll make <laughs> loads of money and be like a heartthrob across the world. Kurt Cobain may have uh benefited from the madlib approach of just get music out there without a face to it Maybe.
2: you know but then could he have could he have made the living that he made that's, that's a it. that's a question that's, that's isn't a really, it like cuz i think
1: that's the thing madlib is constantly producing beats so he could make it like 10 cents on each one and yeah. probably be all right <laughs> and
2: kurt wanted to make a living off music that's what he yeah. you know that's what he said he wanted to do with his life so mm-hmm. you got to have to kind of think when you're when that's what you want you kind of need to Take all of it, the yeah, good and yeah, the bad. Yeah. And when something is so amazing, when something is so fantastic, there's something gonna there's gonna be something really shit. And that's mm. with everything in life, I think. Yeah, you yeah. You know, there's that very strong um, contrast.
1: Yeah, like the the fluctuation of it all. Yeah. Um.
2: But Kurt also he didn't he didn't think he was an attractive guy. Like he was quite insecure. He thought yeah. he was really skinny. Like he would wear layers and layers of clothing to make himself look look bigger. Like. Yeah. And then you know you have the whole world thinking he's this really amazing looking guy, and that yeah, must also yeah. be a very strange, yeah. Thing. I
1: think I think being told being told something that your natural reaction is to disagree with, mm. that you don't believe, is a yeah. really yeah. strange thing. Imagine the world saying that to you. Yeah. Mm. I can't I can't <laughs> kind of get my head around the scale we're kind of talking about here. Um, it's mm. it's something that we'll only understand if we get thrown into a whirlwind of. Uh media frenzied like Mm -hmm. this um, it would actually be nice to kind of talk to people who have that kind of experience of uh, the lens of the world on themselves because uh, it's such a huge visceral power and it destroys people and it makes legends you know those um, those two things are like incredibly potent non-musical things that that dictate what happens in the larger musical world well and you you
0: have to consider now that people can kind of pry for information as well Mm -hmm. and conversely people can um sort of like broadcast things that are a lot more intimate now yes with, with so much like more fluidity you could just you know there are like three mobile phones in this room that you could do that with yeah Yeah. it's so simple and yeah it's it's strange how um i feel like an artist like him would had they not killed themselves when they did would probably kind of (laughs) be leaning towards it now with all the kind of invasive kind of yeah things that you hear about Um,
2: i think also because he was already a troubled God, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like, no, that's where
0: I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: It's not like the fame made him trouble. like that. Just kind of enhanced it. But yeah. I think we have that a lot with people who, with suicides, you know, like with stars. Like they, there is already, I feel, a bit of madness mm. in them before. Yeah, they Definitely. become big. You know.
1: I think there is a, there is something very much to be said for the mindset of the. Uh, tireless musician, you know. Um, it's been shown that the, the lifestyle is very perceptible to, you know, drug use and yeah. addiction and habit-making. Because, um, I mean, it is an addictive behavior to just mm. indulge yourself in controlled noise or sometimes uncontrolled noise. Mm.
2: Yeah, and you have to imagine... Day in, and, day out. Like, these guys, like, all these people, they're going on tour, you know. They're... they're for, like, months at a time, they're in the studio. And then suddenly... They're dropped into the real world for a couple of months, and yeah, what what you you you're looking for that high, you look for that yeah.
1: yeah, that's you know a that really thing to point. keep
2: you keep you like going because suddenly life seems so boring and dull when you're just back home in the real world.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, it's very brilliant as well. That's so that's so strange. The, the fact that when he died, his his daughter was what twenty months old or something. Wow. So the maybe there's you know you have these. He he obviously wanted the normal life, mm. wife yeah, and kids. Yeah, yeah, he did. He and did. then uh, and gets it, and then kind of. In a way, I guess, presented him with more. Things that he was being torn between and.
2: But they say yeah. as well that he was also very. He was kind of like he wanted that lifestyle, but he didn't. At yeah, the same exactly. Time. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's the two sides of his personality that were kind of fighting with each other yeah. constantly. Yeah. And I think a lot of musicians, a lot of artists in general have that, have that kind of, that dual personality like, yeah. I want this, but this part of myself is going to be constantly fighting with yeah, that part. You... Well, there's a and... great,
1: there's a great metaphor that's used in um, uh, the Meliana tune, um, Taming the Dragon, which is, it's the title track of this album, and the album mm-hmm. is two incredibly high, highly skilled musicians, two of my favourite musicians yeah. mm-hmm. playing instrumental music with each other with the ex- exemption of these two tunes and the first one um, Taming the Dragon tells about a dream that I assume was Mark Giuliano think, Yeah, had. well it's
0: Mark's voice isn't it? It's Mark's voice track.
1: and he talks about um, going on this crazy dream trip with uh, this guy who looks like, is it oh, I Dennis remember. Hopper and no, oh, something like that, Joe... Something anyway. Joe is this character's mm-hmm. name, and and Joe is just this guy who really takes it easy and has like a non has a super laid back view of the world, and um, they're in a car. They're in a car. And they get cut him. off by another character. Yeah, the angry driver or whatever yeah. they call him. Um, and it's and it, this thing is like an exploration of like with Mark as the main kind of as the one experiencing it all um the joe joe is his kind of uh his side that can relax and take stuff in mm-hmm. and then the angry driver is this kind of raging dragon that that is Hothead self-destructive and yeah. and yeah. J- jumps into whatever or well, like it's too quick to jump onto you know impulsive angry things but he said that's where you get your you get vo- your voodoo. <laughs> that's where all yeah. that voodoo comes from. Yeah. That's so true. you need to learn how to control it. That's yeah. where you get your And that's it. That's the thing. That that image of the the two parts of people's minds, yeah. Yeah. I think that gets exaggerated uh, because the dragon is raging in people like her and in people like Mark Giuliano, who most of the time you see him, you're watching him improvise and everything he improvises Bursts out of his body mm. with this amazing he, ability. He rages
0: really? on the drums. Yeah, oh I'll,
1: I'll have to show you I just just yeah. <laughs> just him playing uh, like intricate, explosive,
0: like stream of consciousness drumming. Like, yeah. wow.
1: amazing player. And because of that album, I now think of whenever he's playing and whenever Brad Meldow, who's playing keyboards mm-hmm. and other this stuff, whenever I see them playing and just going insane, I just imagine them like in their mind's eye riding a giant dragon made <laughs> out of their like <laughs> they're like inner, inner like
2: nice. burning
1: desire to yeah. make music.
2: But see you need to be a little bit mad to create great yeah, music, mm, right? I think so, yeah. So I don't think it works if you're just sane. I don't sorry. I don't, I, I don't that's think it. it's possible. I think, I, think you,
1: I think you can make a career in music being a uh, a kind of copyist of other people's moods and ideas. Mm. And I would argue that currently I Sit very much on that side of the fence where I'm. I I do create stuff that comes from me directly, but I'm too early on in my creative life to not be really heavily referencing stuff. Mm, Yeah. Like, I'll call a tune I'm working on, like, that's a Prince 1999 vibe. And that's (laughs) what I'm (laughs) going for. It's a different tune and it feels, it's going to feel the same, be written different, but ultimately be referencing back to that. Mm. I am. when when it comes to developing myself as a musician i want to start poking the dragon you know and seeing what can come out of it but with people like kurt cobain they have
0: suddenly created a revolution of nobody's ever heard anything you've done like anything like what you're making yeah Yeah. that's a whole nother
1: ballgame right there i (laughs) think that's what happened with kurt i think kurt rode his dragon from the early days like from exploring music, very because yeah, this comes out in the movie his old tapes.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. are
1: exploring music in this very kind of like baby steps into the forest. He way. does the
2: weirdest things as well in these tapes, like just experiments. So just says whatever, just like says whatever word, whatever sounds, whatever kind of comes out of him. Yeah. You know, it's not all great, but that's how you find the good mm. stuff, right? But that, when...
1: that is not being a musical copyist. That's, that's Pokemon I mean. dragon. I mean. yeah, yeah, dragon. That's Pokemon I mean. Dragon. And like I it's... think I think he got seriously burned you know Mm. not to draw this metaphor out too much but (laughs) But it's there's there's it's true like he he lived the most roller coaster life i think Mm -hmm. in 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 modern super exposed to the world history like people have had crazier lives yeah but like name one person who doesn't know Cobain and Mm. to some extent the story which then again brings you back to the question is how much of the story does the public have the right to yeah. ask about exactly and how much do his how much do the people have the right to
2: yeah.
1: tell that how
0: much would he want to be asked about not very much i not. imagine oh, <laughs> hate it. you know that's
1: hate it. <laughs> that's actually kind of i think the answer to the the moral yeah. that. mm. oh that's heavy yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it> was, so <laughs> um to take on from uh, to take this kind of to a slightly nicer place yeah (laughs) Um, um... going from going from a lack of privacy kind of being imposed on your life to taking yourself out of the spotlight we've got an article here uh, from Rolling Stone Um, Bill Withers the soul man who walked away Uh, in 1970 the singer was a guy in his 30s with a job and a lunch pail then he wrote Ain't No Sunshine and things got complicated. See,
0: I love this because his his first record the first songs that he'd written um, where was he working? He was working in a factory mm-hmm. yeah, was mm-hmm. it fa- Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that, working in a factory yeah. and he goes um, you know he's got a guitar, he's been playing around, he's got some song ideas so he goes, um, gets some studio time, goes down to the studio, a couple of other guy's going to be playing on his tracks, producing whatever. Um, and then somebody asks him who's going to be singing on the track. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, well, why don't you sing? And it never <laughs> crossed his mind, you know, that like, he was going to be singing his own songs. It's so brilliant. That's crazy. Yeah. And now Bill Weathers yeah. has, well, has appeared onto think, the scene. And I think
1: in the... Um, fantastic. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure about your relationship, Nina, with... with um, bill withers but me and billy me and josh (laughs) spend time listening to bill withers and making bill withers songs um we're gonna do it again we went down to uh camden and sat and played bill withers songs on a piano for half an hour just because we were there we were out we were out working on some lemongrass stuff and we were just like there's a piano here let's take some time off we sang about three four bill withers tunes and people started going around because they his music yeah is so from the heart it's yeah. so like you hear it and you're in and you're part yeah. of it they're
2: legendary and so simple and i think the best part about it is that he doesn't he didn't even try he no. wasn't trying to make a hit he wasn't trying to make a legendary song that would be remembered forever and mm-hmm. that was never at the forefront of his mind ever
0: i figured out that you don't need to be a virtuoso to accompany yourself he says and um that's 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 really really nice something else i like as well is um in that that bbc uh live concert yeah um, the bbc session where he says he's he's introducing grandma's hands Mm -hmm. and he's like um he says something along the lines of "I consider myself a writer mainly, or something like that." And when I first heard him say that, I was like,
2: "Oh, no mm-hmm. way! Yeah. Like,
0: that's really interesting. Like,
2: yeah.
0: the the that's where he's coming from with all these. He has a something to say. You know, yeah. he's mm-hmm. not trying to write a verse which has a really crazy guitar yeah. lick in there, yeah. and you know, yeah. and all this stuff. And it's just it's about fantastic. the
2: simplicity of this. Is what the song." wants to be yeah yeah you know, he it doesn't pours out force out of him. it to oh this is going to be like the best song ever because it's going to have a cool riff in it you know it's just yeah, yeah. It, it th- and that's why everyone loves it
1: yeah it is, it is so universal i mean yeah
2: definitely, definitely. Let, me,
1: let me pause for a moment because i'm going to pour some water and i think i'm <sighs> going to cut this out of the edit if you can hear this i didn't cut it out um, it's you, ping. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: oh, it's like a, oh, not in, not in a,
1: No a one knows what's you. happening. God no God. one knows what's happening except for the sounds. We should. We need like a Foley <laughs> desk just to like imply. <laughs> uh, what was that? Was that like I don't the, know. the the, uh, the stables at the back? I
0: was gonna try and make some funny noises, but it didn't work. I wanna. Yeah. I
1: wanna quickly say. Uh, take a moment to say this. We are recording this in a different place. Actually, um, we're recording this in our house uh, rather than Mike's house and Doug's house where we usually record these because Mike is also out the country. Um, one, one downside of that is that there are trains that go past. If you can hear anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is, that's amazing. I imagine so, we can resolve. That we'll, we'll, and... we'll have a look at it and, and you might not even hear what we're saying right now, but <laughs> if it, if it does come to it, there's his little excuse. Sorry. um, It's Don't real. Apologize. It's life. It's, it's, it's just what what comes out naturally, man. Yeah, like, j- deal with deal it. Just deal or with trains. Deal with trains.
2: Remember, so, kids, deal
1: with trains. So yeah. similarly mm-hmm. to
0: Kurt, a parallel here. Mm-hmm. Withers was unhappy on the road. Yeah. And it's, uh, this is like after he's written um, some of his hits. Were, where, where are we now? Mid-70s? Well, 74. 73, 74, 75. He's on the road. He doesn't like it a whole lot. But he's... You know he's playing his gigs and stuff. He feels like he's not making enough money. Like, well, not 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 making enough money. Uh, not being paid as much as he felt he deserved. Yeah, yeah, o- yeah. Opening up for acts who were kind of not irrelevant musically, but um, like in the wider field of music, like mm. great acts but acts that were kind of. Nowhere near what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah and you Bill can un- you can yeah. understand well, you can understand says, that kind of. Yeah.
1: That says Jethro Tull there. As much as it would probably be a cool gig, it would be a little bit strange to see Bill Withers and then Jethro Tull. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know. um, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a that. Sorry, I want to quickly point out the kind of stuff that he was dealing with here. This is a quote from Bill Withers. Uh, I met my A and R guy, and the first thing he said to me was, "I don't like your music or any black music. Period." Mid-70s. Mid-70s. Like, this is the thing, that black music dominated the charts. And I um, really, really, I would be very unsurprised to delve deeper into this and find out that it was black people getting really done over again. Because I've always had a bit of a uh, beam up on it about Barry Gordy basically mechanising black creative people. Mm -hmm into motown which mm. some of my favorite music's from there but then kind of hiding the fact that they were black like to sell the records in the early times it's like yeah but then, what is it with black musicians getting done a, in that's like, a, like that's a sunny. massive
2: topic though isn't it that's I mean, huge like, i just
0: wanted to touch but on doing it doing that the kind right. of very gaudy production line thing he was a genius yeah. Um, but because he started he started with like four hundred dollars or something Mm-hmm. that he had to like really really convince like three generations of his family to give to him um, but it's the first step towards towards kind of there not being an r oh, and b chart and a normal chart you know yeah. the first it's the first step on a very long journey to kind of that's it's true bring, bringing you know what one is not distinct from the other r and b black music isn't different from you know whoever, I think, whoever I d- else coming from nashville or whatever there's definitely a victory
1: <laughs> there's definitely a small victory in saying that like um black music is now the template for pop music oh yeah which i think is cool i do think there's a lot of commodification i think there's a lot of uh um kind of packaging of it in whatever brand it's hot at the moment. Um, mm.
2: But everyone wants to do it, right? But, but Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, everyone wants to do the whole, whole, like, chess record, the whole chess records. Like, they yeah. had, you know, Etta James, and Muddy Waters, and Little Richard, and really created these amazing records Yeah. that everybody wants to copy mm. now, you know? Yeah. And back then, you didn't have the whole packaging. It was just, this is the music. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And yep. the rest didn't matter. The look didn't matter. The, you know, and I think this, is, this comes back to something that Bill says, isn't mm. In, in uh, what was the quote? He said, there was a
1: time when you you could, uh, oh, when an ugly. Yeah. There was a time when an ugly, a fat ugly, a fat ugly broad with talent had value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's all about image. Yeah, but this it, isn't my time. Yeah, exactly. That was a killer line. Yeah. Because he pulled out because he felt he didn't belong anymore. Well, that's One of the, in my eyes, the world's greatest singers, and songwriters, isn't doing it because he didn't belong in the world he was doing it in. Mm -hmm. it's
0: it's ridiculous because as as we follow his kind of lineage here he moves from well first of all that quote about the executive not liking any black music he says I'm proud of myself because I did not hit him (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but then he he moves through um, a couple of different labels that equally have either no respect or, or well outright kind of hatred of like african-american people and it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's horrible like the way mm-hmm. these guys would treat their yeah
1: them i think they're money makers yeah you know? we, we take for granted how how uh, the, the stuff that these guys had to put up with now mm-hmm. um, integrated and so he yeah, yeah. and through all these um sorry that's a great quote <laughs> um this is him talking about uh they're only being black, ex- no black executives in in the record label. They say stuff to me like, "Why are there no horns on the song? Why is this intro so long?" Um, this one, this one guy, Mickey Eichner from Columbia, was a huge pain in the ass. He told me to cover Elvis Presley's song "In the Ghetto." I'm a songwriter. That would be like buying a bartender a drink. And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, Bill. Yes, that's so oh. good."
0: Nice. Oh. Yeah, because obviously the whole point of this article is that. Um, now he is kind of retired to his life of you know well not even luxury just, really yeah. compared to how he exploited his music for everything he could yeah
2: um I think that, that just shows like that, again the, the fact that he just loved to do music mm, and the yeah. rest he didn't he wasn't interested in the rest and
0: the fact that he's he can sit in a little diner somewhere yeah. and hear um a Bill Withers track come on and hears some People sweet little them. old ladies yeah. at the next table saying, oh, I love Bill Withers. And then he goes over to them and says, I'm Bill Withers. And they're like, get wow, out of here. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're not. But
2: <laughs> so I think that must be, a kind of, I don't know. Like, I think that must be, a, it must be a nice feeling, I think, to create the music you want to create. And now I have to deal with. And all then live the life you the, want to exactly, live. Exactly, without everyone like, oh, can I have your signature? Can mm. I take a photo with you? Because that's not a life. No. You couldn't have a life like. That's a constant You couldn't influence. have a really good lifestyle like that. You couldn't mm, yeah. go out. You couldn't hang out with your kid. Oh, I'm no. sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, that this little old lady said to him, "You ain't no Bill Withers. You're
1: too light skinned to be yeah. Bill Withers." <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I love you. Can no. hear her like disbelief. Yeah. 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 Questlove puts that beautifully you i just searched quest love to Wooden. find uh, to find something um else he said but the walking encyclopedia of gorgeous music that is quest love says that bill withers is the last african-american everyman uh michael jordan's vertical jumps ha- has to be higher than everyone else's michael jackson has to defy gravity on the other side of the coin we're often viewed as viewed as primitive animals we rarely land in the middle bill withers is the closest black thing people have to Closest closest thing black people have to uh, Bruce Springsteen. That's awesome. I I have a really huge respect for um, the appreciation of the middle ground and, and the idea that extremes are two points on a spectrum. And that's true. Bill Withers explores the world with his music. And he started then kind of putting this beautiful organic music out there and then living a life of extremes of... He was out on the road touring, and his relationship was in strains, and it started appearing in all these books and stuff. And you're, you're thinking, that's not the life of the person who wrote those mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. That's not the life of someone who is, who, you, who is singing from the heart of the world. And and this is something uh, that uh, comes up with. He said that they were having fights on the road, him and Denise Nicholas, um, who was also who was a TV star. Um, they were. Going out and getting having, having terrible fights that got coverage in, cover, coverage in magazines like Jet. And uh, Questlove says, it was like a diary. The album was a pre-reality show look at his life. So that is, that's it. That is the, the life that Bill Withers does not want. And he pulled out. Mm, Kurt Cobain got yeah. torn apart by it and he couldn't get away because he needed to create his music. Bill Withers was making what sung from him naturally. Mm-hmm. And then was able to say, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too much for me. I came here to write songs, relatively earnestly, incredibly earnestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. just I wanted to do this, and it's gone too far in the other direction. I have such an insane amount of respect for it. Oh
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, think it, it takes a, in a way, it it, it takes a bit of guts. You know, mm, to have reached yeah. a certain point and be like, actually I'm gonna walk away from all of this. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and
2: he just seems, go live normally.
0: Yeah, he seems satisfied it's, as well. You yes. know, he seems incredibly yeah, incredibly comfortable like him and his current wife living in a lovely house that they've kind of
1: Save four and mm. he has kids and he has a photo with Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. I'd say That's if you're, all you need if, you're life. if you're a Black American and you got a photo with Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, you've just be like <laughs> brilliant because it's such a it's such I I I have a bit of a fascination with the way the kind of uh, like famous Black people empowered and like a race that is during this time getting kind of. Trodden on for the, the the use of the kind of like the rich racist snobs, you know. Yeah. Like, anyone, anyone, Bill Withers, I think, is that Muhammad Ali's that Michael Jack- Jackson's that Michael Jordan's that Michael Jackson's an interesting one because he he could ha- we could have a whole four hour podcast <laughs> just about that, but um, they all empowered people in uh terrible conditions, um, to. St- to look up and say, look, I can actually go somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. When the, when you're having the idea of the American dream kind of sh- shown in front of your face and then being told you can't go anywhere, seeing Muhammad Ali become the world champion and be the best, seeing Michael Jordan admittedly, kind of psychotically, being the best, and Bill Withers going out there and being himself, that's, mm-hmm. that's an incredible thing. Well... I think it's so valuable. The, the we've never had to deal with it. We're all white, so we've <laughs> never had to deal with this kind of the fact feeling t- before. Talking about his kind of
0: control over his own activities and where he wants to go next and everything like that. Even now, um, any TV show, film, anything like that that wants to use his music needs his own approval. Um, yeah. like when he when he was when he was at, uh, he was at oh, I can't remember the record label I think it was Sussex he had creative control over his music um, there were no black executives only white executives trying to kind of strong arm him strong arm him into doing like a Motown-esque strings and stuff mm-hmm. intro or that sort of thing if he didn't want to he didn't because he was kind of strong-willed guy um but his current wife runs a publishing company um and he owns a lot of his own masters so if anybody wants to use his songs they need his own approval it's not like it's coming from the Mm -hmm. top you know he's down here and 10 rungs up the ladder they're just firing out his music for cheap they need his own approval and um so that element as well, the kind of litigious control that he has over his music, he he is in charge yeah. of those kind of like contracts yeah. and stuff. If wow, that's well, okay. not many people Me- have that these days. And no. the fact that he's kind of retired as any kind of older person would do, like yeah, from a normal job
1: yeah that's you it. Know? He but he can still control all,
0: all this though, stuff like like this beautiful big music. selling artists kind of wish they could Yeah, that yeah. shows it's the amount really of respect he
2: had though I think mm. from yeah. the labels from everyone who worked with him you know the amount of Especially. respect they had that they were like okay you know what yeah we'll, we'll let you have full control yeah. you mm. know because you're a legend because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a legend <laughs> yeah
0: I'd like to know how that came about actually just how he got
1: hold of his
2: own yeah. stuff Um.
0: Cause, it yeah. There's not I,
1: I'm afraid I don't know. I wish I did. No, it's um, kind of amazing. Um, he's, he's. Oh, this story about him recording, um, record, recording in the guy's home studio. Josh, take the razor. This is amazing this is all from a rolling stone article that we'll link and we'll link all the articles that we refer to today. Okay. Well, well it, he's checking out. They're this is amazing. just
0: him talking about the low point of his recording career. Um, you know, he, he speaks about some of the, some of his other albums and where they were, who the songs were directed at. Cause there's a, as he calls it, a kiss my ass song on there and things like that. Um, the low point was recording, watching you watching me. Uh, they made me record that at that album at some guy's home studio. This stark naked five-year-old girl was running around the house, and they said to her, "We're busy. Go play with Bill." <laughs> now I'm this big black guy, and they're sending a little naked white girl over to play with me. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I can't take this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you think oh. kind of
1: early, early mid '80s. Mm. He he don't want no trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. yeah. And that's the that is the album with the hidden stank on it. Yeah, he's... wow. There's a song on that album, um, "Steppin' Right Along." That when we found it, we just played it to Nina, and <laughs> Nina noticed that me and Josh make the exact same the face ex- when listening <laughs> to that. Same face.
2: you can, like really, literally have like a boy band just from yeah. the faces you make yeah. when you listen to music. Yeah, it was
1: it does something to you that tune and just yeah. hear the idea of him making this album that has so like can have such a huge effect on people and him being there like I gotta get out of here <laughs> 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 this ain't my vibe man <laughs> just um... oh yeah check that song out stepping right along you will your neck will snap to next Tuesday it's it's <laughs> unbelievable uh, we're probably we want to play that song live and we want to do mm. something with it we're probably gonna have to get hold of Bill Withers. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Remember that. Remember Man. that song you recorded in lieu of a naked child. On the uh, can we stank it up? Is that all right? Yeah, sure. I love that. I love the
0: fact that um, his entire catalog. Like, if even if you couldn't listen to an album start to finish because there was something on there you didn't perhaps like, there's always. A, an amazing tune oh well I mean, from for me yeah. i i love mm-hmm. the albums back to front um, yeah. but like his his kind of balladry yeah. his like dirty grooves absolutely dirty grooves and he and the the, the way he's managed it all to mm-hmm. be able to kind of end up where he is it's um it's a feat I yeah. feel, mm-hmm. and and in the modern day, being able to completely remove himself from, yeah, anything, not not, not just completely cut himself off from everything, just selectively remove himself yeah, from the he things matters. he doesn't want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, you know,
2: I don't think he would have been able to do that if he were an artist that had been big today.
0: No, you know, because I think in his day right. we
2: didn't have a social media. We didn't. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't as big. The paparazzi. The, that whole world so I think he was lucky he was one of the lucky ones if today you know you had I don't know Beyonce say actually goodbye I'm leaving people would still recognize her people would still know who she was they would still stalk her and I think yeah I think he was a lucky one I don't think he would that's true
0: stay relevant today if you're way at the top like people Mm -hmm. constantly interacting with their fans online and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing whereas he's relatively short Career was enough for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. he's possibly he's even yeah, yeah, slightly yeah. too much. Mm.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
1: things have changed. I yes. think it's, it's It's amazing that Bill Withers can be such a benchmark for it because if you ever want to, if we ever want to show the next generation what was life like when you were a musician and you weren't your own PR, PR company, you were a musician you were a songwriter and a singer and you no instagram no Mm -hmm. tagging no constant updates of your life you just go out and play your music here's what one man chose to do and then here is his beautiful music that they'll probably already know i the memory of lean on me as a song and quite a few other songs ain't no sunshine and and you know the big hits i don't remember a life without them they those songs to me are older than my actual memories you know mm. i was saying to nina earlier like you read the title of those songs written down and your brain sings the song yeah. to you yeah, definitely. like <laughs> you we were reading earlier and i just went just the two of us and i was like oh i didn't even that just came out of nowhere if, if not it the, really
2: doesn't does it, doesn't it? it if just...
1: not the vocals the riff yeah
2: yeah, like, yeah. yeah. use me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. immediately <laughs> amazing so
1: uh, what's uh, do you have kind of did you have a connection to Bill Withers or any of this, that kind of music
2: uh, yeah I mean his songs I've always I've always known his songs you know when I was really yeah. young but I didn't even know it was Bill Withers the same, like, yeah. when I was young you know and later on you find oh these all, all these songs are written by the same guy that's pretty crazy mm. you know I think yeah, I think they're part of, of most people's yeah. lives and musical background even today I think
1: yeah yeah. and not in it's not in a way that's like everyone's heard um like rock with you and it's like a tune like it comes mm-hmm. on and you're like yeah mm-hmm. it's like this is really mm-hmm. there's something b- deeper than mm-hmm. that i'm not saying michael jackson can't go deep but i'm saying bill withers can't not go deep mm-hmm. you know? yeah. <laughs> he's like stepping right along is a real like strutter uh, like yeah kind of feel good song you listen to the lyrics and he's still quite you know self self kind of aware and, and talking about like his confidence being an important thing not just like Uptown Funk is about how hot we are, and yeah. and we're really hot guys. And look how hot we <laughs> are. We a one <laughs> so the time. True. I'm so hot. I'm um, literally so hot. Well, this yeah. is. Very, I love that song, by the way. It but, it a song, is, but it is. That song level, loves itself. Level. Yeah. yeah. Bill. <laughs> Bill just is is just aware and wants to tell this story. Well, this life. is yeah. very interesting. He says, um,
0: "This business came to me in my thirties. I was socialized as a regular guy." i never felt like i owned it or it owned me so so, that so this is a guy who's worked in the military worked in a factory and didn't give up his day job while he was recording his first album
1: first it's like it's funny you know it's
2: like star pop stardom has become so different today Mm. it's not it's not the same anymore it's not
1: especially if you're female
2: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The age
1: stamp on that you know, is y- different. You can't
2: be, there. I mean, okay, there are exceptions, but generally it's mm-hmm. the teenagers that yeah. become I know, I well, know
1: of one quote-unquote fat, ugly broad, and she's <laughs> not even ugly, so it doesn't work, mm-hmm. um, and that's Adele, and she mm-hmm. dominated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she, it, the al- names of our albums are literally 19 and 21. It is a snapshot of a yeah. really young woman's life, so a really true. talented so young true. woman. And it's amazing that she can be out there as a you don't have to look like rihanna to get out there but she is an exception to a rule that bill withers is very against Mm -hmm. and i i want to see more of that you know i i want older artists to have their space because Bill Withers was an older artist when he started making music. Yeah. And now he is and my one of my idols. Also,
2: you know, I think when you're older you've lived more, you've mm. seen more things. Mm-hmm. Your voice has more life in it. Nice. You've got more better songs that you can write. Like that's yeah. that's when all the greatness happens. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're eighteen, like what are you you don't know anything? Yeah,
1: you. young geniuses. <laughs> we I I write introspective lyrics. Me and Josh write introspective lyrics together, but there's I'm gonna look back at them when I'm older and they're gonna be a snapshot of how I felt now then. Yeah. I don't think I've reached full maturity yet yeah, yeah. of ideas and I don't think anyone ever will but you know what I mean
0: well, the, I was just, it was real man it's interesting that you have to now and in, in the modern day you have to step out of the pop circle to see somebody who's not within a certain mm-hmm. age yeah. bracket yes yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you like Definitely. like everybody loves you know BB King 89 when he died and still still gigging mm-hmm. and I guarantee that like so so many people like a huge percentage of people for example like on my social media feeds or who listen to top 40 and stuff mm-hmm. who's why is everyone going on about this bb king guy you know like yeah. it's just some old guy who oh. died you know and, 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 uh, <laughs> but then you, you think about like um people like uh, muddy waters and people like that he he didn't he didn't move to Chicago until he was, like, 33, I think. Not really. He worked on a plantation yeah. until his yeah. early 30s. I know, I know. And, um... Wow. Yeah. And things like this. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's crazy. And, coming back, like, the, who was that girl uh, all about that base?
2: Oh, God. The fact that her,
0: her demographic was being slightly chubbier than normal it's like that was her that was her thing that's what that song was about it's okay to be a bit chubby and it's like
2: you don't need to No, (laughs) it's a selling selling that message That that makes me so angry that song because it's like okay, great, you're, like, standing up for, you it's know, chugging But what about, you're basically being a hypocrite and saying, if you're skinny, then you suck. That's yeah, That's yeah. what you're saying. It's, you know, so you're it's going not against nice what you're trying to
1: stand no, for. No, it's, it's selling that some kind people, of attitude, it's, it's it's such a double-edged sword with yeah. yeah. because yeah. yeah. it's, it's a step in the right direction by kind of kneecapping yeah. yourself yeah. at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> and it's like, you're <laughs> <I'm> further, <laughs> further ahead, but you're uh, kind of hard to walk now. i further ahead,
0: but I have no legs. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well. So, I I think, like, that's... That's a pretty thorough explanation of, of why Bill Wither's coming out of the spotlight is, mm-hmm. is kind of an important thing to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to kind of give love to somebody who is already adored around the world. So it's kind of pointless. But Gregory Porter being that person who is kind of holding the torch for like, I'm just a dude. Yes. I've been doing musical theater yeah. for ages and I love this stuff. Now I want to write my music. It's not. He's, he's, he doesn't come from a place of it has to be jazz, has to be blues, has to be that. He just writes songs, and they're just songs. And it's exactly the same approach mm-hmm. as Bill Withers, and the like the the jazz hat kind of separating his work and per, like personal life. Beautiful idea. I think it's a genius idea. That if he's mm-hmm. getting in that mindset for it and separating it out, he can be Gregory Porter the person outside of it. Um, his songs just. Low out, and I sing B- Gregory Porter songs with the same attitude I sing with Withers songs. Gregory Porter was the only concert I ever welled up at. Yeah. Only concert I ever welled up at. And he is. He, was, he had a tune in the new Avengers movie, man. That's so cool. <laughs> the he? biggest Did film of the year, yeah. the party scene is Liquid Spirit. Is and it? it came on, uh-huh. and I was just like, yes, there, was, there is ah. justice in the world. Joss yeah. Whedon, whoever you hired to do the music for this, you are a genius. Um oh my god! <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and it just gets you going, man. Like that's More artists like Gregory Porter coming to the forefront will make my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting because I don't think I'll be an artist like that. I think I'll. I obviously have no idea, but with the direction of the music I'm making at the moment, it kind of makes me think that I. I don't feel like that person naturally. So I'll write my music and see what the world has to that's offer to me.
2: That's the thing. That's also what I hate when people are like, I'm going to be the next Bill Withers or I'm going to be the next la la la. It's like, great, be inspired, but create what you want to create. This Ooh. is what the great the great artists did. They just created what they wanted to create, how it came out of them, without thinking I'm going to be this or that or do that. And that's what made them so fantastic and memorable and that's what will make their songs live on forever. And that's song. Bill, yeah. Bill Withers', yeah.
0: Withers, yeah. Withers favourite song. Yeah. Yeah. song is about his grandma.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah it's, <laughs> and that song has touched people around the world. Yeah, exactly. It's um. It's interesting here. I've only just had a thought. Bill Withers. Kind of doesn't apply to the the, into minds taming the dragon mindset we were talking about oh, earlier. Because it's all one because it's he is Bill Withers, and you are hearing it really pure. He clearly doesn't have the in his mind saying if you're not making music you're not satisfied he literally mm-hmm. said at one point I don't want to do music I don't want to sing anymore it's fine like uh, nope I'm fine I don't want to sing and that's mm. it he mm. just was he just sat back and was like yep yeah, okay mm-hmm. uh, I'm done that I, happened yeah. in the yeah. same way because you can't imagine Bill Withers like riding the dragon into his factory job like Mm, (laughs) i'm gonna be the most creative factory worker in the world Mm. when you see kurt cobain you can't imagine him in a factory job Mm -mm. he belongs to a different Mm -mm. world those two people exist in totally different things so maybe we're we're putting this kind of like because it's it's a more is more kind of attitude to finding artists um with obviously not there's there are loads of exceptions to that rule but i think it's fair to say that when something gives you a hundred percent of something and you're like i've never heard anything like this before it's blowing me away that's when you notice people in the modern mm-hmm. world in the where there are i imagine by now billions of artists in one way or another through like people having loads of different names like madlib does for all his different stuff um i imagine there's billions so stuff has to pop out to you for one reason or another maybe we are maybe we focus on the people who are riding the dragon and the people who are the bill withers of the world will take a back seat unless they have that, an absolutely perfect yes. hit like Gregory Porter did where he's like this is the album this is the one that will t- just touches people for the right reason at the right time I
2: think that's a fair point the crazy people like people the crazy like the, the crazy. crazy is put in the forefront yeah you know it, and people who are too normal they'll be kind of just yeah. shifted to the back it's like oh you're not interesting enough you're not getting into my tabloid or yeah. you
1: know so people like drama yeah support the artists who don't have <laughs> a story to tell outside of their music yeah because maybe that's Cause the they key they are
0: embodying mm-hmm. their music mm-hmm. when they perform yeah.
1: I know nothing about Gregory Porter's personal life I only know what he said in interviews which is always him talking about something he there's one gq thing he did where he talks about the do's and don'ts of jazz at no point is he there saying so when i used to hang around these jazz clubs all the time being yeah. really cool and gregory porter being really like finger pointy and like i'm oh. drinking martinis all the time he's like <laughs> he's like no this is this is just the things that you we picked up yeah. do this do that, do that blah 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 and the whole time he's talking about that's one one bit where he he, he swears um and he goes, goes. I'm glad this is in GQ because I don't want the church ladies re- reading this. And I'm like, yeah, great, that's awesome. Um, yeah, he's. I want. If you know artists like this that do that, reach out to you personally and make you feel the way we feel about Bill Withers and Grey Reporter. Let us know because if if it's good, like if it if it improves the kind of musical world to get these people out there. Then we want to do it we want to find those beautiful artists who don't need to fire on all cannons at all times mm. but also send us the craziest dubstep ever <laughs> like the weirdest stuff like like a band like Noah that is Riding the Dragon that's insanity 100% mm. check out K-N-O-W-E-R they, you'll their music will blow your mind in one way or another if you like it awesome um, if you don't it'll still blow your mind it's stu- yeah exactly yeah, it's you'll still be like this exists wow but they are a hundred percent creative, a really, really amazing band, and they touch some incredible places musically. But it's not, um, it's not like road trip music. Yeah, it's, it's not, not soaking and, and joining the kind of the bigger game of the of life being lived. It's it's like I'm surprised I'm not on drugs right now. Music. Yeah, it's pretty. Pretty out there.
2: Wow, I need to listen to that. Yeah, we'll show you some <laughs> after
1: this, and we'll show you some Meliana as well. Check out all the artists we talked about today, um, and you know, give us stuff to talk about in later uh, podcasts. And come back next time for more. This has been great. Nina. Thank you for. Thank you okay. for
2: having me. Yeah, well, you'll be. Great. You'll definitely be back. <laughs> yeah. uh, scheduled for me and.
1: uh yeah let us know what you'd like to talk about at home um next time we'll have a different lineup probably we'll probably get nina back in as well um and uh yeah let us know what you think about what we talked about today um great (laughs) have a nice day bye Bye. 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 ciao (laughs)